for the Indians. One run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. From the Gateway Lounge in Sioux Falls, it's Nobody's Listening Anyway. Here are your hosts, John Gaskins and Matt Zimmer. We are taping on a Thursday, which means we're really close to the weekend and to Jackrabbit football playoffs and to the thing that Matt Zimmer is most looking forward to, another World Cup party here at the Gateway Lounge on Saturday morning. Uh, 9 a.m. is kickoff time. The, the, do the doors will open at 8, three hours early, because in case you didn't know, the Gateway is the epicenter, and it's official. The American Outlaws is the big USA soccer club. It's a national club. The chapter here in Sioux Falls does its watch parties here at the Gateway, has been for years. They are a blast, whether you like soccer or not. That's right, Anaya. And are you going to be working on Saturday morning? Oh, okay. No, no, you don't want that noise, huh? I love the noise. <laughs> okay, okay. I know you could make some good money that morning. I know they will. They're gonna. Uh, I'm. I'll take a water. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping. Uh, yes. I'm keeping my pace. I'm drinking with dinner tonight. I gotta keep a good pace going. Uh, yeah. I. I know it's not your thing, and it's not. Soccer's not. Zim. The only time I ever watch soccer is when the USA plays. In the World Cup. You it, came it, out because there was a crowd of people, and you can't resist a crowd of people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not not for me, but I, I enjoy the energy. It is a lot more fun. I, to be honest with you, I'm one of those people that I... It's called uh, extrovert. I hate I, you. I yes. enjoy the experience. <laughs> Look, I don't love watching Nebraska football games at bars because I'm very invested, and I get pissy. And uh, you need and, some privacy. And, and well, because and then there's other pissy people around me, and <laughs> just you negative know, energy. yeah, a lot of negative energy. But uh, for USA Soccer, it's I, I would probably have a hard time uh, pe keeping my attention if I was just sitting and watching it at home. And when I am here, and I've been to the last two, the first one I worked, and I did a story at Dakota News Now. Uh, that's at DakotaNewsNow.com, and it was it was fun to cover and interview the people who really truly are into it. But uh, uh, I, I actually, tangent, I was just cheering for the U.S. to score a goal just so we could have for TV, for TV purposes for the story, people goal. celebrating. It never happened. You don't my, say. My Nobody po scored, huh? <laughs> my poor photographer, oh, I left him that here. Must have been so exciting. I left early to go uh, put the story together at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Had to miss the whole Nebraska win over Iowa. But I put the story together. Well, but he stayed here just in case they got a goal, so we and it never happened. But then... I came here and I didn't have to work. I came back on Tuesday, and uh, I didn't have to work on Tuesdays. I got nothing better to do, and uh, sat at the end of the bar. and And I will tell you, I I get. It. I'm the same way you are with soccer. It's just not enough scoring for me, and it feels like not enough action for me. It's not. Well, I don't want to get into soccer bashing tangent. Uh, I, you don't have to. I, I, you don't have to bash it. You can. You can air your grievances without bashing it. Why would anyone want to play a sport where you can't use your hands? I. I that's why I've never been that interested in what, soccer. Uh, this is the stupidest thing I've ever thought of in my life. <laughs> like I'm getting worked up thinking about. But it. What, I, I, but, but but you know what? I don't want to be that guy. You, that's Pe okay. People can like what they like. The soccer people, people get into it. That's awesome. The soccer people. The thing is, is some of the people that are listening to this are soccer people, and some of them aren't. So they're on your side, or and if they aren't on your side, they are soccer people. They've heard this before. They've heard this before from other people. Uh, I'm I'm not in the middle. I'm probably more like you. But for the World Cup, for USA Soccer, and for the Gateway. Uh, it's it, it's it's fun to be here, and, and it looked it did look, it looked like it was that was fun. And you can get into it. It's when you, and that's partly what helped me out. Is it's an enjoyable experience, like a concert or a sporting event, or watching being here on an NFL Sunday when we're watching a sport we really really like. Um, you you you're around other people that appreciate the nuances. To me, it is to me it is impressive when you can actually sit and pay attention and watch closely to how they are able to maneuver a ball down the field without using their hands. There's a lot of angles. There's a lot of collisions. There's a lot of athletic ability and agility. I know you know that and you've heard it, but it's a lot more fun and intense when you're in the middle of a viewing party to watch it. And then so the, and, the, and the the payoff of hardly ever getting a a, a goal is when you do get the goal, and they did uh, uh, toward the end of the first half on Tuesday, 
It was it was an eruption. It was it was a volcano bursting. It was fantastic. And then everybody's pretty happy the whole second half, and it was cool. I think party. honestly, my biggest issue with soccer is constantly being told that I have to like soccer. Uh, fair, you know, me um, too. I like baseball, and it's not nearly as popular as it used to be. Yeah. There's a lot of people that hate be- baseball that say it's boring, or whatever. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't require that you like my sport. Yeah. And I don't go around trying to convert other people. I don't to know why you're looking at me fans. like that. I no, like I, I'm just. I'm again. <laughs> I'm, I'm just emotional about this. But good. I, you know. I. You know. And it's it's funny too. Like. We've been, you know, I've been hearing since I was in my teens, 20s, that, you know, it's the sport of the future. You know, before you know it, it's going to be the biggest thing in America. And people older than me have told me, yeah, we were hearing that back in the 70s, too. Mm -hmm. Maybe at some point we should stop perpetuating this. It's only a matter of time before it takes over. Yeah, no, it's not. It continues to grow. And that was part of my story that I tried to get out of people. Uh, that's just it. It, 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 it it's grown tremendously. It yeah, has. It has. This idea that it needs to, like, supersede the NFL or yeah. the NBA. Like, no. first of all, who cares? Why? Yeah. And second of all, it's not going to. And that's okay. Yes. You know, the, the, um, the World Cup, MLS, you know, the number of teams that are doing it, it's clearly a bigger deal than it used to be. It's more culturally on the map than it used to be. ESPN devotes more time to, to it than they used to. Um, isn't that enough? I, I, maybe it is. I don't. I, maybe a lot of soccer people are like you, the same way hockey people are. We we we've got we've got what we like. We don't really care what the outside perception is of the sport. I, yeah, I, and and those people I, don't bother me. Uh, I, I, I and I didn't get the sense from the from the soccer folks that I talked to, including the president of the American Outlaws, Clint Cron, uh, is a great guy. I, I didn't get the sense from him. He's a pretty normal dude. He's not like uh, he he didn't feel like he was. He needs to spread any gospel for group people. No, yeah. I mean, and they are a dues-paying organization. But he said uh, when they started uh, 12 years ago, they they only had a handful of people come to these watch parties for mm-hmm. USA Soccer, mm-hmm. and uh, then they had a hard time finding a bar that would actually cater to them, as as in just like have the games on more than one TV. More than one little corner, and you know, you know me and how, how I like sports. Sports have the sound of the game on to make it the actual thing. People As you are know, my family used to own a sports bar here yes, in town. Yes. And, uh, let's just say we were not very friendly to the soccer people. <laughs> I'm sure Clint and the Outlaws tried it once, or why not? Uh, I think that was after uh, we had sold it. But, okay. Um, I just remember yeah. that being a thing where. <laughs> it just, uh, if you wanted to watch soccer on the big screen, Buffalo Wild Wings, when it was owned by the Zimmer family, was e- Even was if nothing else was going on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyway, the Gateway embraced them, and, and, and he said, he, he told me, I said, well, where, uh, how, what, where did the boom start, I guess? Where did it, how did it get to be? And he said eight years ago in the World Cup, the Gateway had been the place for a couple of years, and the Gateway took them in. We'll put the sound of the game on when there are games. You can mm-hmm. have your meeting here. Mm-hmm. If this is a big place, so, mm-hmm. you know, there could still, at the time, I'm sure it wasn't entirely taken up by soccer people like it is for these World Cup games now. But uh, he said the Gateway was a huge help in, in growing their club and and and. So it mutually benefited each other. And as far as these watch parties go, I mean, nothing's bigger than the World Cup. And these things are, uh, so to speak, sold out. I mean, you can't, you've got, I got here on, for my story, on my, my plan was with my photographer to have lunch, get here an hour and a half before kickoff and have lunch and then just hang out mm-hmm. and then we'll, uh, we'll start talking to people. And I got here, of course, I got here at noon. I got here one hour before. And uh, and so and he got here after me and there, there. In fact, I got here an hour fifteen before and it was no seats, not mm-hmm. even a seat at the, an open seat at the bar. Mm-hmm. So we didn't even bother eating. We just right. stood around and yeah. talked, to, did our interviews, and watched the first half, standing up and left. Um, so anyway, it's it's fun. But if you want to try it, and I recommend it, if you're just a sports fan, even if you're just a cash, even if you're not a soccer fan, we might not convince Zim to do it. But uh, it's fun. I don't think it's going to turn me into a soccer zealot. But the first two times have been enough to where I am hoping to make it here in time on Saturday to get <laughs> to, to get a seat because it's going to be a lot more fun to watch the game on Saturday. They're going to have biscuits and gravy, and they're going to have uh, breakfast pizza, so they'll have some breakfast food. And it's you know something fun and different, albeit <coughs> kind of early for most people oh, but on see, a Saturday morning. If there's morning. anything that's appealing to it, 
appealing about it to me, that's what it is. Like, what? I like having an excuse to go to a bar at 8 o'clock in the morning. Okay, yes. You know, that, that, yeah. that to me sounds fun. Yeah, because at first I was kind of like, God, that, damn, that's too early. Come on, I want to sleep in. I don't want to get, you know, I like to work out before I go and do anything. Right. But you can go to house. a bar at noon or 7 and watch football anytime you want. Yes. Or basketball, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. How often do you get to go at 8 o'clock exactly. for an event? Yeah. Like, that's cool. So I'll make the effort, but I'm recommending anybody who's hearing about this and is interested and hasn't done it before, uh, because the game starts at 9, they're not opening two hours or three hours ahead of game time like they normally do. They're opening at 8, and th there might be a crowd here at 8. I j and, and Jackson, uh, the manager, Jackson Rentschler, was talking to us just before we flipped on the mics, and he's had people calling him about it. So just so don't sleep on, hey, it's Saturday morning. Maybe, fewer, more, maybe more people will stay home. Uh, they're already ready to pack this place on Saturday. So I, I would get here at 8. I would get here as close to 8 as you can just to, just to get a seat. Um, by the way, they had a table for us <laughs> on Thursday because we were, we were, we were potentially going to record the podcast on Tuesday before the game. I'm glad we didn't because it was already crowded by, uh, -huh. uh 11 AM. And, uh, I, I, I said, yeah, Matt's, Matt's not coming. Sorry. <laughs> I don't regret that decision. <laughs> All right. So gateway lounge, uh, off I 29. And by the way, I saw your, I saw your friend, Mike, I forget his last name, Mike, he's a bigger guy. Uh, about your age, I think his name is Mike. He's a big Twins fan. I mean, uh, Mark? Mar no, I don't think it was Mark. Mike. I know a lot of Mikes. Okay. Anyway, I saw Mike Knudsen? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I saw him. He was here on f for Black Friday. I don't know if he's a big soccer fan. but He's pretending to be. Oh, okay. And he's trying to recruit me and Phil and some of our other buddies. And well, Dad, I don't think they're fans. trying to get you to like soccer. They just want you to cut. They just <laughs> something to do. And our, and, and our mutual friend Greg from the Twin Cities. I ran into him here. Uh, he was seeing family here, mm. uh, and so and they had a big they had the big screen out on Black Friday. I mean, the, Black Friday was kind of a perfect storm of good weather. Yeah. Uh, they 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 brought the big screen outside, and um, so th there was an even bigger mass yeah. mass appeal crowd for that. I just saw one in real time. A goal! Congratulations! Yeah. I was looking at the screen when a goal was scored. So Croatian Germany. I have no idea. I have no idea if this is uh, if this is live, live or not. Yeah, says, I don't know. It says it's live. Okay, so we're here on a Thursday. Nobody's quite, nobody's that quite interested enough to take off work to watch Germany and Croatia. But, uh, um, but, and I know you were, <laughs> you were flipping off the TV when you saw a, a about 20 minutes ago when you saw because 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 we're in a corner we're in a corner spot at the gateway. Zim's view is of one TV. My view of this is the of the entire bar, and so uh, you started to flip the TV off when you saw a player go down and act all hurt which is uh, part of the, for people who don't like soccer, is part of why people don't like soccer, right? Are these, the, the display of pain shown in injuries, soccer's kind of famous for that, right? Well, yeah. I mean, although it's starting to become a thing in the NBA, too. Well, so. it, like for a decade. Yeah. Uh, and, and it, it, it did. I don't watch a lot of NBA basketball these days, though. So. It, it did happen in the USA game, one of the Iranian players on uh, – there again is just because there's no goals doesn't mean there's not action and intensity. When that guy went down, whole bars, come on, and uh, and then he gets he. This guy was writhing in pain and you know flip flailing his arms like how could you possibly not see this? Look, can you see how hurt I am? I can't walk. And then within two or three minutes, he was he didn't even go he yeah. didn't even go out. Yeah. He just started playing again. You don't say. <laughs> All right, so Saturday is the USA Soccer, but then uh, what time is kickoff for the Jackrabbits in Del Two Delaware? 2 o'clock. Is it Delaware or Delaware State? Delaware. That's how much I've been paying attention. Um, all right. Um, what kind of, obviously, this is a team that won an opening round game just to get here. What kind of uh, threat are they to the Jackrabbits? What are you looking for in this game? Um, I mean, in the spring season, 18 months ago, they played in the semifinals. And that Delaware team looked loaded. You know, they were 7-0, and uh, had won a very good Colonial Association title. Uh, and I remember thinking, geez, this is going to be tough for the Jacks to get to Frisco. And they absolutely piss-pounded them, 33-3. And it's a lot of the same players on both teams. Um, Delaware has a new coach because they went 5-6 and six last year after the spring season and then fired their coach. Um, I don't know. They started the season in the top ten, looked like a really good team, lost a bunch of games down the stretch. Now, looked great last week, but it was against a non-scholarship, St. Francis, you know. They're, they're a good football team. 
Uh, should they beat the Jacks? Definitely not. Um, really good quarterback, the same guy who they sacked seven times when they played him in the spring. Uh, a couple of the same receivers. Some of the better defensive players are back. They looked explosive as hell against St. Francis. I watched a lot of that game. But I was saying this with Zach Borg yesterday on our thing that I don't think it's good for Delaware to have had a game like that where they went up against a team that just played no defense at all. You know, you go from a game where everything comes as easy to you as it did to now having to play the best defense in the country in Brookings. I think that's going to be – I mean, it's not like they're unaware of what they're getting into, especially after getting their asses kicked by them two seasons ago. Um, but it's going to be a, a distinctly different challenge for Delaware. The big question for the Jacks is just how rusty are they going to be, you know, because they'll be playing their first game in 20 days. And I don't care how much, you know, you were banged up and, and needed that rest and all that. You're going to be a little bit rusty. You're going to – it's going to take a second, I think, uh, to get into to, to game speed, so, so to speak. But, but you know what? They did, as Mark Gronowski and a couple other players pointed out, they did that in the spring season too because mm. you had all these delays and, and uh, cancellations and everything. And, you know, they went up to Fargo after three weeks off and beat NDSU. So I'm uh, – Certainly not expecting an upset. Um, I think the question is going to be, you know, how long does it take the Jacks to get going, um, get going and establish their dominance and win that game? And what are we expecting crowd-wise? Not much. Um, you know, I wrote a column the other day, kind of tongue-in-cheek teasing South Dakota football fans for being wusses when it comes to sitting outside in the cold. And, and I included myself in that group because I'm the first one to admit I don't like sitting out in the cold watching football either. Yeah. Um, but I went back and looked at, you know, what the the attendance numbers were for all these playoff games. And I was at all those playoff games. But I still, when I saw the numbers, I was like, man, really? 3,000 for Duquesne a few years ago? Yeah. 3,000 last year for Davis? Yeah. And 3,000. That's like 15% capacity. That's embarrassing. Yeah. I don't care what the excuse is. And, and I'm not so much picking on ND, or SDSU fans because – it's like that all over uh, college football at the sub, you know, at the, at the FCS level, Division Two level, whatever it is. Um, but still, you know, weather can only be so much of an excuse. Mm -hmm. And this team is the number one seat. You know, they they just had the best regular season they've ever had. There's several NFL caliber talents on this team. They've got a chance to go to the national championship. Do I expect you know 17,000? Absolutely not. Um, but, you know, three, four, five, that just can't be acceptable. Yeah. They've got to find a way to, Jesus, at least fill the place half full. Yeah. I, I'm not saying this to, to be critical whatsoever. I, I'm just, this is just a flat, true uh, shoulder shrug of a statement. It's kind of a, a game like this where it is the playoffs. It should be a blowout. The weather's not going to be perfect. I, haven't, I don't have a forecast in front of me. I should look because it's, it's been changing. But, but to me, it is somewhat of a true reflection of how devoted the fan base is. Is that fair to say? I don't know. Um, I mean, I can judge things. There's a lot of different ways to judge that. You mm -hmm. know, um, the regular season attendance has obviously been outstanding. If it's a blizzard or it's it's mightily cold, I get, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt, but I, no, get, no. I, get, I get that. The, the, I don't expect people to come out. And, the high Saturday in Brookings is 27 degrees. That's not ideal, yeah. but it's not. Uh, Minus 10. Exactly. Right. And it's not going to be a blizzard. It's not going right. to be there's no There's no snow in the forecast. Okay. Yeah. It's, if it's not going to be terribly windy, then... How 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 many people are willing to come out there and be a little uncomfortable about uh, to in experience not just enjoy or support, mm -hmm. uh, but to experience the fun of of an enjoyment I guess I just of a number of being fans of the number one football team in right. the country by the way playing out of their minds lately and also their best, the, the best chance they've had to win a national title. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can, you can put it side to side with that spring season where they went to Frisco. But in general, like, this is, the, this, this is a legit season. They are legit. They're in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, how jazzed are you about that? And I, 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 I will never disparage somebody for staying at home, watching it on TV, deciding to save some money. It's uh, Christmas season, and we're all watching our wallets. But seriously, yeah. how devoted, how, do, how many people are 
just that baseline devoted to watch a number one team in the playoffs when it's not horrible outside, I think tells you somewhat how passionate your fan base truly is. I think there's some, there's obviously some truth to that. How much? I don't know. Um, because, you know, another thing is, uh, and we've used this as a reason, excuse, or whatever, for trying to figure out regular season attendance, you're still in Brookings. You know, I, I mean, get it. comparing it to, say, the Bison. Well, Bison are in Fargo. You know, beyond just having an indoor stadium, you know, they've got a city of 100,000 people. Absolutely. Um, in a metro area of almost 250. Yeah, and, you know, here you got Brookings is, what, 25, 30,000? I don't know. Yep, 20, that's 25. 000, something like that. Yeah. Uh, whereas, obviously, a huge number of their, their alumni are in Sioux Falls, a huge number of their supporters are in Sioux Falls, um, a great number of the... Uh, Argus leader readers are in Sioux Falls that, that, you know, that's one way I judge, you know, the interest of the fan base is how many people are reading my stories and the numbers are, have been through the roof this year. Um, so that tells me people are definitely interested at least, but there's a difference between being interested and being willing to go to the game, spend yeah. money on tickets and that kind of thing. Yes. Um, and Sioux Falls, and I've said this before many, many times, there's a reason Summit League tournament basketball attendance is so great in comparison to other SDSU and USD athletics because people from Sioux Falls don't have to go anywhere. Of course. People from Sioux Falls are cheap and they are lazy. Yeah. And before anyone gets pissed off at me for saying that, I'm one of them. So I get to <laughs> say that. I'm cheap and I'm lazy too. Yeah. Um, if, you, you know, I remember back when they first went Division One, you heard, I think it was Fred Oyen, you know, made a, had a, gave a quote saying some of the effect of, you know, we're going to win Sioux Falls. We're going to own Sioux Falls. No, you're not. You're just not. And you're never going to. Even if you, even if you own it from the standpoint of, of that's the team that has the most interest, which mm -hmm. I think it clearly is. And again, the Summit League Tournament is the perfect example. People in Sioux, Sioux Falls are like, well, hell yeah, I'll go to that. I don't have to drive an hour. Oh, I don't yeah. have to spend all this money. I don't need to make all these arrangements. And by the way, that's partly what makes the atmosphere so awesome is because these people don't go to games very often, so they are jazzed up to right. be at a game right. and to be able to drink beer right. at the game, right. of course. And I'm obviously not saying nobody drives from Sioux Falls. I, I know tons of people do. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the percentage, just not enough of them to be able to count on filling up yeah. a stadium of 20,000. Yes. And I don't want to say that it was a mistake of either of the D1s to ever assume that they could do that because – I don't think anyone's sitting here saying that it was wrong of either of those schools to go to Division One. Clearly, it was it was the correct decision. But thinking that oh, we can just count on Sioux Falls to to you know be our our base. I don't know. You mm -hmm. know how much what, what more is it going to take? Uh, if there's only five thousand people there on Saturday, um, and and the, the the you know they could be home for the next three weeks. It will be safe to assume most of those people are in the Brookings area. Yeah. Well, but but I just mean like if they only get. Five, six thousand for any of these three games, or all these three games. At some point, you have to ask yourself, "Oh, look, another soccer player's hurt." Um, <laughs> at some point, you have to just ask yourself, "Is this as many people as are are going to be willing to go to a football game in December?" Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, of course. And you know, you expect more to be. Weather's going to always play a factor. It will always play a factor. Uh, but you, you'd, you'd like to think that what this is the round of sixteen, right? Is this the round of sixteen? Yeah. And so then they'll have two more after this that the crowds will get bigger as, if the weather doesn't get worse, uh, weather being manageable, that they'd like to think at least they'll start showing up for the, for the really big ones. Um, and Look, I, you're so dead on about the Fargo thing. That's that you can't compare, mm -hmm. you can't compare the, the passion level of fan base because it's right, Fargo's right there. Uh, but uh, on the other side, I got to meet somewhere in the middle and go, because you, you mentioned what Sioux Falls fans, I've got some fun anecdotes to that but uh and i and i agree i work for a sioux falls minor league team where people you know there's there's hardly anywhere in sioux falls where from one side of town to the other from no matter where you are to where you're going where you're going to have to drive more than 20 minutes and yet it feels like sometimes the canaries are in siberia to people to drive and drag them uh, up to the ballpark yeah. yeah and which is partly why the owners want to and i and i'm pretty confident we'll get a ballpark built downtown and why that should keep the team and the franchise afloat because so many people live down there or will be willing to go down there already eating down there or whatever on a given night and and sioux falls we love our new venues as well you know the the but um but 
how hard is it, Sioux Falls? It's an hour up the interstate. This is not a two-hour drive. Right. This is not backcountry roads. You're not driving through small towns having to go mm -hmm. to stop. This is an hour yeah. drive on the interstate. But it's, it's not that but for one thing, it's not cheap. For another thing, it's also an hour there, an hour back. Yeah. It's you know, and then parking yeah. and finding all this. I mean, I'm just more the time commitment. I mean, it's, you know, I'm there all day. Yeah. Know, and I obviously have to get there a little earlier, and mm -hmm. I have to stay a lot longer because post-game and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But it's a whole day. Yeah. And, you know, if you're trying to bring families, that you know, that's the other thing. That gets pretty expensive if you're trying to bring a couple kids and, yeah. you know, have some food and drinks. And, and then, again, you're taking – an additional probably two and a half hours of your day when you factor in all the traveling and parking and all that kind of stuff. True. And I, you're right. Those aren't really good excuses because we all go to Vikings games now and then, and that's a four-hour drive. And that is in and that is wildly expensive. Yeah, that's a That's a, a ridiculous. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's fucking ridiculous. Um, and, and, and I don't want to be, and I, I want to make sure to say this so I won't sound like a complete hypocrite. Um, I could go to, I could, I could and do occasionally go to South Dakota State events for free. I'll freely admit that. They're mm -hmm. nice enough to give me a pass. I don't even, I'm not even on a regular, at a regular radio station mm -hmm. anymore. And if I call and ask, they'll give me a pass. I got to sit next to you in that WNIT championship last year. Uh, uh, I don't do it very often because it is, because it's, yeah, it's not a long drive there. But then when you factor the drive back, it's a whole day. Mm -hmm. And usually I'm like, well, I don't need I, – I love coming to the Gateway Lounge, a 20-minute drive to come sit and watch a soccer game with, with some people. But, yeah, the, the two-hour round trip, I, I love being at sporting events, and sometimes you, you cannot replicate that. But most of the time I opt to either uh, on a college football Saturday watch games on TV or occasionally go out to Bob Young or to Augie if I want to just go to a game for going to a game's sake because they're in town, because they're right there, and that's enough. So I don't want to be a total hypocrite, but I would think if I were a Jax fan, I'd go every now and then. And uh, uh, If I know. lost my job tomorrow, um, I would go to Jax games. Um, I would go to Augie games. I'd go to USF games. I'd go to USD games, um, especially in college football season. I'd probably go somewhere every single Saturday. Yeah. Well, maybe not. These last couple weekends, being able to sit and watch college football all day. Uh, wow. Isn't it nice? Man, I didn't know what I was missing. Oh, boy. It is. It's the um, thing. But, yeah, that's the it's cool terrific. thing. And I tried telling Jax fans, especially when I first came off the Augie USF beat, a lot of Jax fans are like, nobody cares about those schools, right? Right? I'm like, no, actually, they have fans. They play good football. Yes. And, uh, and I would try and tell them, like, you know, <laughs> Yeah, there are people who probably choose to go to Augie and USF games instead of SDSU, not because they're diehard Augie fans or diehard USF fans, because the tickets are a lot cheaper and it's a much shorter day. Yeah. You know, and, and plus they have really nice stadiums too. They do. It's not like you're going to some high school park. I. You know, I mean, I've never gone to an Augie or USF game and not been like that was fun. You know, I enjoyed going there. Yes. Um, Northern's got a great atmosphere now that they have a new stadium. I'm sure they do. I'm going to be going, there, but yeah, yeah I mean, I'm going to be going to a lot of their games. We went to one this year. It's uh, the construction is a lot like Bobby Young Field, only nicer. I mean, they've just got the whole thing is kind of raised above the ground, and you can walk above it. It's like a yeah. Burmy thing, and uh, but the design and the size is very similar to USF. Uh, and Augie, I got. I, I, what can I say? I I I went to one game this year. With my buddy uh, John from Sonny's Pizzeria, he decided uh, we we decided to go. What the hell? And would we have gone without beer? Maybe, maybe not. But <laughs> both of us love beer. He has a lot of different local beers on tap. That's his thing at Sonny's, and so uh, we were excited to go. And he was going to be in the uh, Vikings Day Parade representing Sonny's anyway. Mm -hmm. So he's like, "Yeah, what the hell? Let's go." He went online. Oh, the homecoming game, right? There was the homecoming game. Yeah. And it was, and it was, a, and by the way, weather determined this as well. I would not have gone if it was 25 degrees. Or maybe even 85, but it was like 65. Yep. And uh, he went online and got, he found out that you get $25 for the front row on the home side. Mm -hmm. So he's like, fuck it, yeah, sure. And mm -hmm. so we sat in the front row and we went back and forth to the beer garden. What a great way to spend the day. Yes, yeah. it, it, we, it, it, I don't, I'm not saying it would have been a waste and to go. And it was a great to, game, too. And it was a, oh, it was a, yeah, it was against Wayne State. It went right to, yeah, Augie scored on a game touchdown pass with nine end, seconds yeah. left. It was exciting. Uh, and, 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 and this is, I say all that to also acknowledge it's better at South Dakota State. I get it. It's a bigger stadium. They're the number one team. They have an awesome band. Uh, they have, it's a great college football feel yeah. from, a, from a guy that grew up going to Husker games his whole life, still go to one a year. 
Uh, it's the, the Jackrabbits are starting to feel more like a Husker game day Saturday at a much smaller level, sure. but still well, very like a thing to do where I'm surprised that more people don't. Now, this year's been awesome, yeah. so I, I shouldn't take that away. It's been a lot better this year than it has any other year. So, so it, it does seem like it is um, well, finally, I mean, who knows? finally maybe, hitting some Maybe 10,000 people will be there on Saturday. Yeah. I sure don't expect it, but I'd mm-hmm. be happy to be proven wrong. Um, I, you know, I, uh, I, in the past, have almost always just spent the entire game in the press box. Um, but now that the Argus is so short-staffed, I have to shoot my own photos at a lot of games, which has kind of been nice. I don't mind going down onto the yeah. field and being on the sidelines for a little bit, especially when the weather's nice. I was down there for the Hobo Day game against Indiana State, who they, you know, obliterated. And I was down there in the corner of the end zone, and the Jacks were ahead, like, 28 to 7 or something. They were rolling. It's a beautiful day, like 60 degrees in November, you know, or like October 30th, whatever it was. And during a timeout, all the fans were doing the wave, and then they started playing Surfing USA by the Beach Boys, and the whole stadium was doing the wave and singing along to the song at the same time. And I just was like, holy shit, this is so cool. And I took my phone out and actually shot some video and put it on Twitter, like, look at this. Like, this is a party. Why aren't you here? Yeah. You know? like I saw that. Yeah. It made me want to be there. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I think on some level maybe the battle is just getting so, – and, you know, you hear this all the time with the with the Canaries. I, you know, Canaries ownership told me this all the time. I'm sure Stampede, anybody who's trying to sell sports and, and, and we all know how good almost all the sports in this town really are, you always hear them, if we could just get someone to one game. Yeah, you know, I just want to get them there once. Yeah, show them what they're missing, because if we get them to one game, I think they'll come back. Yeah, and obviously everyone has only so much disposable income and and all these other things. You got kids, you got lives, all this sort of stuff. I don't think the implication is that oh, if you go to one game, you're going to buy season tickets. Nobody's mm-hmm. saying that, mm-hmm. but if you get people to go to one game, they're going to want to come back. Yeah, yes, I have experienced that with the Canaries. Just yeah. to be, being in charge of making it fun for people when they get there. To have it, it's, it was it's been fun to meet people who go there on an arbitrary Tuesday night. That's why I've, I've I try to tell people, other people that are working there, like you, you know, the crowds are gonna be small on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but you have to pretend that it's sold out mm-hmm. and that this is the biggest thing on earth, be and that you're having the the time of your life because that that might elevate things for them and if if they can get that they might want to come on a, to see what a friday night's all about but we had people that went on tuesdays and then started coming back on tuesdays just because that's the night they went for the first time yeah. and they made it a fun little tradition to go every tuesday um and the yeah the, to me there's nothing as fun as college football and i think south dakota state I, i'm saying it's better than usf and augie just because it's bigger mm-hmm. it's bigger and the team's really good and the fans that are there are super into it and same thing at Frost Arena for basketball games. I it's, think to, it's to get, uh, you know, a little off topic, but but still on topic, like college football in South Dakota is so good. It really is. I mean, <clears throat> you go to a USF Augie game, and you're not going to be like, oh, geez, these guys suck. Right. I mean, the, the quality of play is really, really good. Mm-hmm. There's a few guys on that field that are going to get a chance to play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. There's guys on that field who had chances to play Division One and chose Division Two for whatever reason. Now, having said that, SDSU, the Missouri Valley, is a whole nother level. That's a level of football that we didn't see in South Dakota for 100 years. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you've got Division One football. You've got guys that either had offers to play in the Big Ten or transferred down from the Big Ten. You've got guys that are not just going to be in the NFL but potentially be first- or second-round draft picks. I mean, and then go down as far as – the NAIA level, I mean, you and I have been to the Dakota State-Dakota Wesleyan game a couple times. How great were some of those games, you know? The one a few years ago where Jacob Giles threw for seven touchdown passes, like 56 to 49. I wasn't watching that going like, oh, Jesus, this is NAIA football. This yeah. is lame. You know, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, the players are just smaller. That's all. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not trying to be like this equal opportunity stick up for all the programs yeah. in South Dakota. I mean, the some are better guys. than others, obviously. Yeah. But but I mean, the, I, I just can't picture any anyone going to a college football game in South Dakota on a Saturday and being like, "Well, I wish I hadn't done yeah. that." 
Right. I'll, I'll even take it a step further. When I was in Worthington, Minnesota, there's a junior college there. And, I mean, a lot of the players on the, on the junior college team and a lot of their opponents, they played entirely Minnesota JUCO teams because there are no JUCO teams. Watch those guys in a plane on USF's. Sure. Teams, yeah, yeah, one of my best friends did for a year uh, on uh, a national runner-up. He had been at Minnesota West. Uh, the, and there was hardly anybody at these games. There were smaller crowds than the high school crowd the night before because a lot of the players on this team aren't. You know, Texas or whatever. Yeah, yeah, a lot of they had a pipeline to Florida, but the but the there are enough freakish athletes from Florida, and of course they're there because probably something went wrong. I mean, you know, there else they wouldn't be in junior college football. But just to sit there and watch it, it was like my God, I can't believe in Worthington, Minnesota, I get to see this kind of uh, athleticism in in college football, and and it was exciting uh, at that level. So I just. It'd be uh, it'll be real interesting to see how many people go. You mentioned one word in the whole experience of you know the whole reasons why people don't go or why Sioux Falls sports fans are lazy. Parking. I mean you know we used to talk we used to do this subject every now and then with Mike Hendrickson uh, on on the radio show and he would always he, like that that was he he was he was making fun of himself but he was dead serious. He him him going to an event. Whether he's mostly talking sporting events, but maybe a play or a concert of some sort. What's the parking like? How close can I get to the front door without having to pay? You know, is is a is a big determining factor, unfortunately, for a lot of people that go <laughs> to stuff. Is it not? That's one area where I think we in South Dakota have been a little spoiled, because no, I think that's what he meant too. Yeah, you go to you know a Twins game, a Vikings game. It's not even about how far away. It's how much you're going to have to pay. Yep. Whereas in Sioux Falls, we don't pay for parking, yeah. period. Yes. Like, we just never have. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, I don't know what the parking situation is at South Dakota State entirely. I know there's, like, VIP parking that you pay for in advance with yeah. season tickets or whatever. Um, when I went to an Augie football game a couple weeks ago, uh, it looked like they had, like, a $5 lot, the one right by the Elman Center you had to pay. So I, I parked a couple blocks away and walked. It was a long walk, but mm-hmm. you know what? I didn't mind doing that. It was a beautiful day, and I needed the exercise. But but on the winter nights when there are basketball games and stuff like that, yeah. uh, that's partly probably why they moved out. I mean, it's, it's tough because, again, I've heard, I've heard people in athletic administrations in this state say, like, everywhere else – you have to pay for parking. People just got to get used to it. Well, good luck with that. I mean, <sighs> I've told you how stubborn South Dakotans are. Like, if they didn't, they spent the last 30 years of their life not paying to park. I mean, try to start charging for parking at the birdcage next summer, John. See how that goes. I, you, were, you just read my mind. I was just yeah. going to mention that. I really hope they don't. That's not going to go over well. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's, yeah, I, that's, I mean, that, that's that would as be far a, as a I will really go. big slap in the face to your fans. Cause it, yeah. it's like you're begging them to come in the first well, place and then, it, oh, by the way. And if, and when they build a stadium downtown there, there's where they're going to put it, there's going to be some parking, uh, and Not much, and they might have to build a ramp. And, uh, I, I have no idea if they that'll will be or different. not. If they want to charge for a ramp, that'll be different. Yes. Um, but how many people will want to, and then, yeah, well, cause think about, about it. There are a lot of ramps downtown, and yet I'm guilty of this just as much as anybody else. But if you ever go, first of all, sometimes people don't still, there are some people that still don't want to go downtown because they might have to, because parking is is tough to find if it's Mm -hmm. not right at the doorstep of the Mm -hmm. bar or restaurant Mm -hmm. you're going Mm -hmm. to, or or you, you might just have to get into a ramp and fucking pay for it. And, uh, and there's, people say there's no park. There is parking downtown. There's ramps. Right. You just, you just, you just yeah. might have to pay a dollar an hour for it. And a lot of people, you know, and it might like be two, said, two blocks from where you're going. We're used to not paying for it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so who's playing Baylor? You mentioned the Baylor game coming up. Gonzaga tomorrow. Oh, in, oh, Sioux, Falls. in Sioux Falls. I was like, okay, this is how much. In, I, yeah. Sorry. What, what do you think I meant? What, uh, that said, well, maybe the Jacks, men or women, were playing oh, Baylor. Yeah, no. Oh, no. Okay. No, uh, Baylor-Gonzaga, the rematch of the national championship game from a couple of years ago. Nice. The Pentagon tomorrow. At the Pentagon with uh, probably a full house, I'm sure. It is already sold out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who's cheering for who or if it's just going to be yeah. a place for Gonzaga played like, Iowa there a couple of years ago, and it was number one against number three. And, and that was pandemic, I wanted to go. Right? I had some other – for some reason I couldn't. And that was pandemic, right? Nobody could mm. – I think that was Great pandemic. Question. Great I'm question. Pretty sure that was sure. when they couldn't have. Well, I know fans I could have gone, and I didn't. Yeah. Um, but uh, are you? So you're just doing it because you've. I mean, why it's not? A pretty big deal. Yeah. 
a game like that being played in Sioux Falls. Yeah. You know, so. uh, thoughts on the Jacks play? So uh, we're, we're leading to one topic I want to finish on that you tweeted about yesterday. But um, any big Jacks men's or women's basketball observations? We'll get. We'll dive. They're more. both struggling. Uh, the women had that huge win against Louisville, and they just had a pretty disastrous trip out west. Uh, they played terrible against uh, Washington State and lost. And then last night against, uh, oh, Christ, I can't even remember who it was. Oh, Montana State or Montana. Montana or Montana State, a team they should beat. Um, fell behind like 20 to 2 or something in the first quarter and came back all the way back and almost won it, but they lost. And uh, I didn't watch any of it. I was just kind of following on Twitter. A friend of mine texted me and said uh, that AJ was as pissed off in his postgame radio as he's ever heard him. Okay. Which isn't saying much because AJ doesn't say. ever really publicly criticize right. his players. But yeah. um, that, given that SDSU has gotten some really nice wins early and they have as high as expectations as they do, that's disappointing for them to lose a couple games like that because it's any thoughts of, like, you know, maybe being a five or six mm. seed or something mm. like that. I mean, that, those are out the window already. Um, Interesting. Already. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they've already got four losses. Yeah, okay. You know, the year yeah. USD got a – six seed or whatever or the year they would have got a five six seed but the pandemic i think they had two they were like 31 and two jacks already have four losses and they're probably going to lose another game or two so yeah i mean obviously in the summit league a one bid you know none of this matters a ton it's all going to come down to the summit league tournament well it's but become a two big league well, well for the women this for the year. women for the yeah, women yeah yeah uh so and but just potential seeding like i still think sdsu is going to be in the ncaa tournament because i just think they're significantly better than every other team in the Summit League this year. Yeah. And un unless everyone gets hurt, uh, they'll win the Summit League tournament. Right, right. But, th you know, they want to go to the Sweet 16. They want to mm -hmm. be a, a 5, 6, 7 seed, not a 12 seed. Yeah. Um, so, you know, these so, so these games do matter to them. The men, I mean, geez, I was telling somebody the other day, like, every time the men play, my Twitter mentions are just people full-on panicking. I'm like, calm down. You know, it's November. And this team isn't going to get an at-large bid. So these games don't mean anything. They really don't. I mean, yeah, I guess if you're thinking that that they're going to be, you know, like last year and maybe you can potentially play for a higher seed or whatever, but you lost Baylor Shireman and Doug Wilson. It was two pretty good players. And Baylor wasn't just a good player, obviously. It was, you know, his next level, yeah. But I just mean in everything he brought to the table. Yeah. I always referred to him as the team's quarterback, and I think it's becoming much so much more apparent now just how apt that title was all the different things he brought to him. Sure. Eric Henderson said before the season, we got talent. We got plenty of guys that can play, but who's going to be the guy that's going to, you know, step up and, and be our, our ace, our alpha? Who's going to be the guy to take the big shot at the end of the game? And that has not hmm. that has not come to fruition yet. Yeah. doesn't matter. You know, if you get to this, you know, you have all of December to figure this shit out. Then you've got the whole Summit League season. I mean, yeah, they would ideally like to go 14 and four or 16 and two or something like that. They're probably not gonna. Doesn't look like they're good enough to do that. But even if they go nine and nine, eight and ten, I mean, TJ Otzelberger's first year, we all remember what happened. Yeah. And now, granted, that team was a 16 seed in the NCAA tournament, and that's not what they want. But hey, this is mid-major basketball, you know. And Jacks fans have kind of been—I don't want to say—laughing about how. You know, USD's been hit by the transfer portal and stuff like that. Well, now it happened to you. This is what happens. Yeah. You know, when you lose star players to the next level, it's hard to be as good as you expected to be. This is what happens. It's going to take a while. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, Baylor Sherman averaging 12 points a game through seven games at Creighton. 12 points, over nine rebounds a game. He's 44% from behind the arc. He's uh, the fifth leading scorer. So I, I'm guessing those are all start. Yeah, all their starters are averaging 12 or more points per game. He's averaging the least. They're just a machine. They're they're incredible this year at Creighton. So, but there, I saw a hi, I saw a highlight reel the other night where he he got pretty hot. I can't remember which game it was. I think it was they beat number 21 Texas Tech. I think that's what it was. Well, there was a the game he was hitting threes from the logo. Oh, um, that might have been when they were in the yeah. Paradise Jam, I think, or God. something. But and they beat ninth ranked Arkansas, 90 to 87. Their only loss is to number 14, Arizona, 81-79. Do you think a lot of Jacks fans are going to watch some Creighton games this year or are already, or have they mm. you move on from that? I, that game was on national TV. There yeah. were definitely people watching it because there were people talking to me about it on Twitter. I think they'll be on FS1 a lot because that carries a lot of Big East games. Mm -hmm. and, and Creighton's, I mean, it, there, there's just it's such a perfect fit for him at Creighton with uh, 
that style. I mean, they they love to they love to run up and down the floor and score a lot of points and hit a lot of threes. Uh, your, I've got my reaction. I thought we were. I, 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 bizarrely, uh, this was on the docket, and uh, we're not got much time to talk about it. Whatever. Uh, you, I, I've got my opinion on Matt Rule as Nebraska's next coach. What did you What did you think when you saw that hire? Um, as, I, it was a similar reaction to when uh, they got Bill Callahan. 20 years ago or however long ago that was where it's like okay they swung and missed on all these or maybe they didn't swing and miss but just a lot of big names that got thrown out there were like those aren't realistic Mm -hmm. and they end up with a guy who i don't know i think that's pretty good considering where that program is who you think the options might be who might be interested i think that's a pretty good hire yes he's a pretty big name i mean he's done some shit yep you know and and i thought the same thing about bill callahan now i think Matt Rule's better than Bill Callahan. I think he's Bill Way Callahan better. to a to a, a higher degree or a, a better version of that. But it just struck me as a little bit similar when, oh, you had to settle for a guy who was just coaching in the NFL. That's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, some Husker fans were hemming and hawing about that because they are dumb enough to connect that thought directly to Bill Callahan, mm-hmm. who, by the way, had an eight-win season and a nine-win season back when that was unacceptable in Lincoln. But um, and don't get me started on Bo Pelini and why he – and no, I don't regret him being fired, and no, I don't wish he were still there. Uh, but uh, Callahan won, had a couple winning seasons, but it, was, it, it didn't go well. But, but Bill Callahan, he had actually been, an assist, had been a coordinator for Wisconsin in Barry Alvarez's early big years when he took the Badgers to Rose Bowls. He was the offensive coordinator and supposedly a great recruiter. But Matt Rule has turned around two college football programs at places where uh, – well, Temple – for our entire lives, and Baylor at that time coming off of Art Bryles and all the scandals, <laughs> places that not a lot of people would want to coach and uh, would be a, would be coaching graveyards. And, uh, I mean, Temple in the middle of Philadelphia where they don't give a shit about college football, uh, they got kicked out of their own – they got kicked out, I think, of the Big East when the Big East had football. Temple got kicked out because they were so bad <laughs> and, and had no support, no money. And uh, so, I mean, they're barely FBS football, and he brought them from one or two. Uh, he, I can't, even, I don't remember what they were the year before he got there, but ground up three, four, and then ten wins two years in a row, and then uh, they, then he goes to Baylor and takes over for that uh, dumpster fire, and one win, then six, then uh, eleven. So, and Nebraska, now Nebraska is not nearly in the ashes, in shambles. They look like it on Sunday or Saturday sometimes. Like, wow, this is just what a, what a piss poor, sad sack operation that is. No, they're very competitive in most of the games they play. They just don't know how to win. They find mm-hmm. ways to lose. And certainly there are some areas in the program where, especially on the line of scrimmage, where they need to vastly improve to, be, to look like a real football operation again. But it's been basically blocking tackling, being able to run, being able to be physical, not turning it over, playing smart. That's why I loved Chris Kleiman, because North Dakota State teams play like that. Kansas State teams always play like that, which is why he was a perfect fit to take over at KSU. But Chris Kleiman has not turned around two programs. He just inherited an awesome program at North Dakota State and did as good as you can, four out of five national titles in the five years he was there. And then at KSU, he inherited a pretty good situation. Not great, but, you know, it wasn't in... And the Wasn't brand, being asked to rebuild. But, I mean, yeah. so this guy, so Rule's been in worse places, turned them into 10 or 11 win operations by year three, and this is, it's going to take some elbow grease, but, um, you know, I, I don't love to go entirely off of an opening press conference. But yes, you do. It was me? No, I don't. <laughs> but it was, but what are you wanting to hear? I want, it was music to my ears to hear line of scrimmage. We start at the line of And you think that every coach says that? I don't know if they all do or if they all mm-hmm. mean it. And I guess that's been his reputation. And Nebraska really has struggled there. And I think they've learned, you know, when Scott Frost got introduced as the head coach, do you, are you going to have to adjust to the Big Ten's style of play, which is more physical, more round and pound, meat and potatoes, low, lower scoring games. And Scott Frost smugly said, no, I think they're going to have to adjust to us. How'd that fucking work out? Mm-hmm. And so they hired a guy who clearly makes that, no, we want to fit in and be better at this style of play or be competitive. And, you know, I think they can I think they can win six, seven, eight games in his first year. I, I'm not going to be pissed off if they don't. But, no, I, I'm not going to do cartwheels for any hire they would have made. If they would have hired Urban Meyer, that guy is taking them to the playoffs. Seriously, I think Urban Meyer could take Nebraska 
to the playoffs. And then uh, either leave or get in yeah, trouble. Yeah, probably or, get in a horrible yeah. scandal. Yeah. Uh, but outside of him or, like, Nick fucking Saban, uh, maybe Lincoln Riley, who would? So, yeah, I was uh, – Could have waited for Cliff Kingsbury. He's about to get fired. And, by the way, you, you know what you've covered enough uh, at, at any level. You've covered enough coaching hires, and you hear, you hear and read from fan bases. There was a sector of both Husker former players and fans who looked at Matt Rule's overall record. You know, he's like 47 and 44, and they immediately attached that to, uh, That's stupid. he's a 52% winning coach. You have to have some context. Yeah. What you when you inherit? He went one in ten in yes. his first two years. Yeah. Of a terrible program. Yes, exactly. Now I hope I don't know enough about those situations to where sometimes it feels like Tim Brewster and PJ Fleck both did this at Minnesota, where they almost intentionally were so bad they lost a lot of players from the last guy. Mm-hmm. They were almost. I'm not saying that you, they played to lose, but they were so thin and so bad. Year zero, you the, hear him call it. The, yes. And they go and like Tim Brewster went one in ten his first year. And remember his second year. You were like seven and six and one Big Ten coach of the, the year. Biggest yeah. improvement in yeah. college. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and yeah. PJ did the same thing. Yes. He went from like whatever they were, three and something, to uh, they beat Wisconsin and went to a yeah. bowl game, and yeah. he's this big hero. And then 11 wins the next year. Matt Rule did that at Baylor and can brag like 10 win improvement from from. Yeah, uh, you know, it's okay. Uh, I, mean, I guess it depends on the situation you inherit. But, I mean, it's but, not a great comparison. I remember Brad Childers' first year as the Vikings coach. The Vikings had a pretty decent team. They were nine and seven the year Ticey got fired. And and yeah, and then he like. Just seemed to intentionally like, nope, last thing we're going to do is win games. I mean, geez, what do you think I'm here to do? And they go 6-10, and ten, and I just remember being like, could you try? Yeah. There's good players on this team. Yeah. And then they went from 6-10 and ten to 8-8 eight and eight to 10-6 and six to 12-4. and four. Look at how Brad Childress nice improved. little, yeah, and it was kind of like, all right, fine. Uh, I mean, no, obviously, if they had got to the Super Bowl, I wouldn't have cared. Yeah, but. I like the hire. I've, we've been burned, We've but I, I, uh, Scott Frost was kind of like. It's pretty apparent now. Not to, sorry that's to interrupt okay. you, but just, I know. we all – Without saying anything that is, you know, too outlandish, it's pretty out there that Scott Frost screwed Nebraska. Oh, yeah. That he did not take the job seriously. He was an absentee coach. He did not – either he didn't understand or he didn't care to put in what was necessary to do it. And that, for one thing, that's shocking. It is. That, first of all, someone who had been that successful at Central Florida would just walk in and not put in the effort. And secondly, the fact that he's – a legend there. He was the golden boy that he just came in and apparently kicked his shoes off and was like, well, you know, I don't have to do shit. This is just going to, I don't know what he was thinking, but that being aside, he's done, he's gone. Almost no one else, whether it was Mickey Joseph or anyone else is going to do that. No one else is going to be so stupidly arrogant as to just think they could walk in and and not try. Right. And just be a, all the things that we've heard Scott Frost was during Mike, that Mike tenure. Riley kind of treated that job, from what I've heard, as semi-retirement himself. But he wasn't as blatantly a partier and an absentee right. coach Scott Frost like Scott Frost like was. Scott Frost was. he was there to do anything but coach football. Riley just didn't like. have, like, the – Riley's modus operandi was just kind of – he was just a comfortable guy. Right. And, and uh, he was very smart, and it, he wasn't lazy. He was supposed to be the bridge uh, from Bo yeah. Pelini to Scott Frost. Yes, right. And yeah. that would have worked if Scott Frost had actually put in the right. – you know, whatever. Uh, so anyway, and yeah, Matt, so what, one of the things that Trev Alberts, the AD, wanted was a grinder. He said, I want a guy who lives and breathes this shit and, uh, and understands that. And supposedly Matt Rule is. All right. Um, uh, Christine, I know you got to go. Yeah, I got to run. Uh, Christine McVie, I was, I, I was not surprised by your tweet. Uh, there's a lot of Fleetwood Mac fans I didn't out tweet there. About Christine McVie. I thought you did. I thought you said she had the most, one of the most annoying voices. I was, I was replying to a friend of mine. How does everyone see that? Anyway, I, yes, I did. I, I don't know. I somehow She's saw awful. That. She has the worst singing voice I've ever heard in my life. She sounds like a like a cross between an opera singer and a dog, and like, what's the big hit of the, of the one I'm thinking of? Uh, you make loving fun, yeah. where she sings that. Do you believe yeah, in miracles? Yeah, yes, yes. That's the single worst yeah. sung line in the history of popular music. <laughs> like. I want to blow my own head off every time I hear that. It I, is so awful. I remember. And, uh, I rem- and I knew that Stu was going to go, oh, the greatest singer from the greatest. Band. Fleetwood Mac sucks, and Christine McVie sucks the most of all of them. I don't agree. Can I, I say anything I, more definitive than that? No, I like Fleetwood Mac, but I, like, but I like Stevie Nicks. I always like Stevie Nicks a lot better. I mean, sounds like maybe Christine can, McVie wrote some of their better songs, so I'll I, give her credit yes, for that. Yes, I appreciate but, her. Uh, yes. I appre- but, but most but, of their songs suck anyway. But I, I've been to, I went to two Fleetwood Mac What's concerts. What's a good Fleetwood Mac song? I'm listening. What? Tell me. 
Uh, I like. I, I know you hate it, but I always like. Don't stop believing that about tomorrow. Yeah, that song I knew. Sucks. I knew you. I, <laughs> I knew you'd hate that. Um, uh, I dreams isn't bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Gold Dust Woman. Uh, I, I enjoy. I, well, you watched Stevie Nicks do it live. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was a moment. It was energy. Yeah. Uh, the uh, falling at your feet thing. I like that one. It's it's a lot of mid tempo. It's to me, it's a lot of mid tempo, uh, excellent craftsmanship type of music. Uh, but I, I I was never a zealot. I've been to two concerts and enjoyed them very much. But I will say that part of what you paid money to see. Yeah, absolutely. Back. I enjoyed their <laughs> shows. Uh, but I always thought. Uh, when I first started hearing them when I was a kid and I was much more into Hendrix and the Stones and, and harder rock type of stuff from that era, uh, I, would, I, would just, I would roll my eyes when I would hear Christine McVie sing. I would. Yeah, I would. And when so when the concerts came in and we're, we're shitting on somebody who just died yesterday, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is why we're talking about her. But uh, she's 79. It's OK. Uh, she's clearly beloved by a lot of people out there beyond us. Uh, but yeah, whenever whenever even if I like kind of liked the song, like when it was obvious it was one of her songs and she was going to sing, I was kind of like, oh. Do you remember? Do you remember in grade school? You, you and I are the same age, so I'm assuming your we experience are. is the same as mine. Yeah. Where you had music class. Yeah. In grade school. Yeah. And you would like like sing old folk songs or standards as a class, or play the the recorder yeah. or the drumsticks. Yeah. It was it was a part of the curriculum. You remember? Yes. And so you had a music teacher. Remember? Yeah. Yes. Every time I would hear Christine McVie sing. I'm like, I'm listening to a grade school music teacher sing right now. Someone who can <laughs> sort of do it, but not yeah. really. No. And, and she, she's trying to hit these notes and like, ooh. She, she, just, just stop. She just. also didn't have much gravitas. She wasn't, uh, she didn't seem to be a, a magnetic personality of any sort. Uh, I'm not saying she was a bad person. I'm sure she was a wonderful, lovely Seems like she was. And a great songwriter. Yeah. I'm saying... <laughs> I could not stand okay. her singing voice, and I hate Fleetwood so Mac. So you, I know, but you acknowledge some of the Fleetwood Mac songs were good, uh, well really. written. Oh, okay, fine. I'm just saying she apparently wrote some. I respect the songwriting craft. I guess. I mean, most of their songs are terrible. And I didn't just Google and look them up. Uh, little uh, lies and hold me. Oh, I hate that song. So oh, I much. love that song. That fun. Eighties. See, that's part 80s of why, guilty pleasure. It, fun. That's part of why I hate Fleetwood Mac so much. They're one of those bands that, when they had their moment in the '70s. Yeah. Then they go into the 80s, and they just full-on were like, let's just sell out as much as we can. Everybody did totally that. totally go into this 80s, change our sound entirely almost, to try and sell records. Almost like, everybody who was big in the 70s who went into the 80s did that. Yeah. They did. Hart did that. Uh, yeah, but Hart had good songs. Hart was In good. the 80s? You yes. liked, uh, I like 80s Hart. What about yes. Love? Yes. Uh, These Dreams? Never, great song. Never? Never. Great song. Okay. Great song. I, I, was that, I would not have expected that coming out Because they're good. They're good. <laughs> They're just good. Yes. Either you got it or you don't. The and Wilson sisters do. The Fleetwoods don't. I'll uh, I'll let that be the walk off. All right. So Matt Zimmer has left the building, and we and he had to go because unlike me, he was working today as we tape. Uh, but I'll acknowledge this as we were talking about the Huskers, and it is Thursday afternoon. It's 24 hours after. Uh, anybody who follows sports or college sports or Husker sports, and Mickey Joseph, who was the interim coach this year, who by and large did an awesome job of keeping things together, not letting it burst at the seams uh, with his players. And a guy who a lot, I mean a giant faction of Husker fans, uh, I wouldn't say even half of them, but there was a, there was a big Mickey crowd uh, a cult, a Mickey cult, uh, and there was some of that in the in the athletic department, and and among some big rolling boosters at Nebraska, that wanted to see the former Husker quarterback Mickey Joseph, who seemed to get the team to play much more uh, tougher and smarter uh, than Scott Frost had them playing. Uh, it, he did not get the job as the head coach. Obviously, they went with a proven head coach. Uh, there were some racial undertones for some people. Uh, you know, once again, a white guy gets hired, blah, blah, blah. There was some of that. I'm not saying there was a lot of that. Uh, I was a Mickey fan. If he would have been the head coach, I would have been, okay, I like Mickey. Give him a shot. Of course, Mickey Joseph got arrested for third-degree uh, domestic assault, uh, strangulation, and uh, jailed in, in in Lincoln yesterday. And uh, th there's not much I can say about this. Um, it, I mean... The, the first and foremost thing I could say is, is what I retweeted from uh, a Husker football writer named Dave Fight that until all the details are known, I'm going to stand by this. 
The rumors uh, stand by the fact that we should be respectful of innocent people involved. The innocent people involved. Uh, the rumors are wild. No matter how it shakes out, there are two little kids who had their world turned upside down yesterday. Remember that when you tweet, and and that's that's about all I can say. It sucks. It sucks that that happened. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens with what happened in the case. He's been put on administrative leave. Uh, uh, you know, the, the sidebar, second note, a level below this is, imagine if Nebraska did hire Mickey Joseph as the full-time head coach and this happened. Now, you might have to imagine would this have happened if he would not have been hired as the head coach. I'm sure it was tough for him to take. I'm sure he wanted the job. Uh, he, anyway, uh, it's, uh, I, I, there's not much for me to say. I am glad Matt Rule is the head coach instead of Mickey Joseph, and, and more so that... Uh, after what happened yesterday, but I feel selfish and gross as a Husker fan to even say that. I just, it's just awful that uh, he got, he got arrested and he perhaps did what he did. And what else can you say? It's 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 not going to be pretty for him from here on out. Um, and uh, that's really it's just it's just really sad for a guy who was at the zenith of his career and had built up a lot of goodwill. Uh, life is strange. That's it. Bye. Why are you laughing? That was a terrible outro. Fuck you. You guys need a round of drinks? Yes. Yeah.